0: Welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzwi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You are listening to a live broadcast of Hey 19, where we will educate, illuminate, and entertain. You can always send your questions to our mailbag at letstalktorah@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and we will answer as many questions as possible. You know, a lot of people are home. A lot of people are learning how to use Zoom. You'll all be proud that I'm moving up in my level of uh, expertise. So I ordered one of those phones for my computer. because Not phones, one of those cameras for my computer because my camera doesn't work, of course. So I figure we got to learn how to do different stuff um, with Zoom. And we have an amazing guest today. We are going to have so much fun. We're going to be joined by Jason Kaplan. He's created the Universal Language Room. A dynamic community experience synthesizing, oh, all big words today, the ideas of the Rebbe Nachman of Breslov and jazz saxophist John Coltrane, which I probably pronounced his name wrong, and I have no idea what these two people have to do with each other. But in any case, Jason believes this program will help individuals communicate with ideas, strengthen the bond of trust in our society, and uh, let's get to it. Jason, how are you today? Oh, good, Svi. How are you doing? I am amazing. I have so many toys here. I have this bang. I have like three of these. These banging sticks. I have a, um, a, a glockenspiel. I don't know why they don't call it xylophone. And we're going to learn how to use yes. these later. So I, I'm prepared. I'm good. But of course, I have to ask everyone. Um, how is uh, coronavirus
1: affecting you guys? Well, I'm here in Memphis, Tennessee. It is affecting us in terms of my work. Um, I do music and I also do financial advising for nonprofit universities and hospitals. So uh, I'm working from home. Um, I'm having my kids go to their uh, Hebrew day school on Zoom, the Margolin Hebrew Academy. Um, so in terms of affecting us, I, I've seen I've had, unfortunately, clients pass away and I've had a music teacher pass away. There's been some uh, tragedy. Um, And there's been some beautiful examples of resilience, of people working really hard and getting kids to learn on school and get Torah online. So, of course, like with everything in human life, there's a mix of really beautiful examples and some really challenging moments.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's what we're going through. I told someone, um, my house is very quiet because each child is in his own room with their phones or computers. And it's interesting, the older children are doing fine they have their study partners mm-hmm. and their lectures it's the younger ones that, that it's just not the style they're they're able to deal with but i told them i said look this is our challenge so you have to do the best you could and everything else does not matter
1: but i, I always think that's very well yeah, said
0: so my first question always is and you're a, a perfect person to ask who is jason kaplan
1: <laughs> this is actually a really good quote from my favorite movie with Steve Martin when he is in the movie The Jerk, he's Navin Johnson. So he asks, who is Navin Johnson? So that reminds me of one of my favorite movies. Um, my, my mission, if I could uh, think about hopefully many years in the future, people reminiscing about me, I, I hope that I'm, I'm able to show that the beauty of jazz music is not reserved for the elite musicians. They certainly play it at an elite level, and it certainly takes hours of learning and dedication to get to their level of playing. But the ultimate joy of that moment that you hear from John Coltrane or Miles Davis or John Schofield, that's accessible to everybody. And as I've journeyed through that belief, I have found it in my Jewish tradition through Rabbi Nachman, Abraham Abulafia, and so forth. So that's really, I, that's really where I'm coming from. I, I enjoy being an independent philosopher. I enjoy my work and my, my life at the nonprofits, and I enjoy teaching Torah from a unique perspective of improvisational music, which I call universal language.
0: That was a mouthful, but very clear, amazing. I, I love the answers to these questions because everybody takes it different. So, you know, you're, you're the perfect person to get involved in jazz. And you live in the perfect city for jazz because, of course, you're from Memphis. But how did you get to Memphis, Tennessee? I don't know if you were carrying your, your, your guitar in your briefcase. I'm not sure. Your <laughs> saxophone or however it went. How did you get to Memphis?
1: That's an excellent question. I, I think about that a lot myself. I was born in Philadelphia. I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. I went to school at Emory in Atlanta. One of my dreams, as you can already hear from the beginning of our conversation, was to dedicate my life to music and to Torah. I had an opportunity as I became Baal Tshuva, uh, or Baal Tshuva really, in, uh, at Emory, and to start to discover my Jewish roots, I had an opportunity to learn at Yeshiva University in their beginner program, or I forgot what it's called. But um, I really had no background in Gemara or learning. So they, the school was so nice to, not even nice, just what a mission statement to allow me to come in, just pay for matriculation. Um, it was incredible. I had, had the top Torah teachers I could find and and available in the world at Yeshiva University. There was a jazz program there at the Bell School of Music. So that's where I dedicated 10 years of my life there. I met my wife Michal. Uh, We got married in New York, in Manhattan, uh, near my favorite synagogue in New York, uh, old Broadway synagogue, and uh, moved back to Richmond where we had our two daughters. So after six years in Richmond, I was was looking for a different type of uh, company to work for. And I looked around and someone said a job came up in Memphis. So I, funny enough, I asked her, is there, really, is there really a Jewish community in Memphis? And to my surprise, <laughs> there's a very thriving, and particularly Orthodox community here. And, um, and so we moved in 2016. I've just, it's, every day has just been an incredible bracha.
0: Wow, amazing, amazing. So you, you did mention
1: it. So is
0: music is still a hobby and you want to turn it into something full time or are you going to keep music as a hobby?
1: Right. I, um, as I did, um, six years of a music school in Teaneck, New Jersey, which I loved, I never took a vacation, but I did decide that I want to separate funding and music. So I give private lessons and I, I charge for my time, but generally, um, when I'm doing group lessons and I'm do, running my nonprofit with the British Institute, I don't take any compensation. I really like to separate funding with music. So I, I my goal is to always make music. Um, as as small connected to business as possible.
0: Yeah, it, it allows you to really be free because you're not running around fundraising, trying to get funds. You can do what you love because you can afford to do it. That becomes the answer.
1: I that's think. perfectly said. I couldn't say it better. And, and that's when I really enjoy music. I just go into the moment, the music comes out. If, if people enjoy it, that's wonderful. If they don't, there's other choices. But I, I don't need to think about the trends of what audiences like, or marketing. It's just the way I prefer it. There's nothing wrong with running a music business and a band and and anything like that. It's just my preference is to, to keep it separate from business.
0: Cool. So you created, you founded your organization, which you call the Universal Language Room. So before we even find out what you're doing, um, you're obviously referring to music as the universal language. What does that mean?
1: Excellent question. It's, it's my belief that if we think of music as a language, musicians play it better and audiences receive it better. So in, if I tell people I play jazz, they think it's a lot of notes and it's going by really fast and it doesn't make sense. And I can see where they're coming from. So I, I really emphasize that music is a universal language the way that I teach it is that there are nouns and verbs and there's a grammar to it. And the more that you think of it as a language, it's just like me and you talking, I'm not thinking about which noun goes with which verb and how do I end my sentences? I'm just talking to you. And I want people to feel that level, that very high level of comfort with improvisational music that once you learn a little bit of it, uh, you can express yourself like you're talking to a friend.
0: Now, but is that true only for professional musicians who speak music like a language? Like, I speak English, sort of, um, as a language. (laughs) And Hebrew, I struggle, but I can communicate as a language. But I'm not, forget talented, Um, that's why I have simple musical instruments in front of me. So someone like myself who basically can't play an instrument to save his life, how do I speak that language?
1: Beautiful question. That's exactly the challenge that I have in front of me. And I think we're solving it really well. When we start a session, we get this question from people. Aren't you talking about somebody else? I say, no, I'm talking about you. Let's do this. We do a half an hour session, 45 minute session. I would say after two to three sessions or four sessions, people feel very comfortable on the boomwhacker or on the xylophone. The smiles come. People are so happy and they do. They really do feel the experience of just letting the music flow out of them. I've seen it over and over again, and and, uh, that's what I'm really devoted to, is is really getting that truth out to folks.
0: I keep writing notes as I talk because so many things come into my head. Do you believe it works because music, um, like art, is something that's more spiritual, but if it would be something that,
1: that you could, I guess, touch and feel, it wouldn't work as well? Um, That's a very good question. Touch and feel. So, I get this question if it's art. Could you do sort of like an improv art and it would be a universal language? And I think you could. I don't have the uh, wherewithal. I've contacted artists to ask them about that. But to what you earlier said, Svi, is that it's a very spiritual thing to communicate through music and rhythm. And when you get it down to its most simple form, if you just have four notes, I always emphasize four notes, if you just go dee da da da. If you sing it, if you play it on a xylophone, and someone responds, "D D da da, you can hear that call and response. I, I just see smiles come to people's faces <laughs> and they get more and more comfortable. And that myth that we grow up with of, do you have talent or don't you have talent in music? That myth starts to fade away. And that, that's part of my mission.
0: And so part of your mission is that all of us that are, have two left hands, mind you, I'm I'm a lefty for a lot of things, but <laughs> people that have two left hands And instead of just the the few and far between that are out there with instruments, you want everybody picking up an instrument.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. I want everyone to feel that joy and have that encouragement from me or one of the facilitators and say, try this out. Now, you know, I haven't mentioned some of my experiences. And recently in Memphis, the Federation and the Jewish Community Partners gave us funding to work with the elderly population or the older adult population. And, uh, those individuals also felt the same way. Isn't that something I did when I was a kid, didn't I do that when I was in high school, that kind of time has passed. I say, no, give it a whirl. And the results are phenomenal. And it really, it does, as you said, it confirms to me that anybody, two left hands, two right hands, or just a desire to sing can, can imbibe or internalize. Maybe the words internalize, maybe not imbibe, maybe that means drink, but <laughs> internalize, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> internalize the confidence to feel the beauty of music coming from them without a sheet of paper, just talking music and and hearing the response. You said you're doing it with the the elderly, uh, but you've
0: really been in a lot of places doing this. I think you told me prisons and schools and doctors, whichever one you want to pick. We'll start with that one. Where do you do Mm -hmm. it and what is it trying to accomplish?
1: Great. Um, I'm always looking for collaboration that that's my joy in life. And so someone was in Richmond, Virginia, had an autism summer camp for children. And I said, help me design the universal language room for them. What would I emphasize? How would I speak to them? Train me. And we had a wonderful session at the autism camp in Richmond, uh, called actually to, to quote the exact organization. Then I went to a jail center in Richmond, Virginia, and I asked the preacher spiritual leader to train me, tell me. How would I talk to the individuals there? I don't have this type of experience at all. And the first two minutes was extremely awkward. And I started the conversation in front of them saying, I wondered guys, it was a male prison. I wonder guys, what in the world do we have in common? And it was quiet and they all started laughing. And I said, I'm hoping at the end of this 45 minute session, we really are like brothers and some kind of camaraderie. And it happened. And now, and you mentioned doctors, this was actually a doctor's really PhD specialist here at the University of Memphis trying to work on how do professionals collaborate better for better healthcare results to patients. And I said, wow, that I've never thought of how the universal language room could fit with that. Train me. How would I set this up and think this through with you? And we had wonderful sessions with their grad students about building rapport, being sensitive to nonverbal cues and how the universal language room trains people to do that. And they had great results. So we're seeing it all over the place, places I wouldn't have expected I'm, I'm always open to collaboration.
0: So are, are there, are there actually maybe in Memphis itself with, with, uh, with you, are people trying to, to actually see, I don't want to say scientifically, but are they trying to figure out why and if it really works or this is just your own personal, um, uh, venture?
1: <laughs> Excellent question.
0: That I think we froze. Did we lose Jason? I think we froze, so we're gonna unfruit- unfreeze Jason till he comes back.
1: Oh. That's outside of, out of my professional ability, and so it's really great to collaborate with them on on what that looks like. So they are putting they are producing research papers. I think we'll freeze. Um, so we are going down the scientific route.
0: Okay, Jason, I really apologize. Um, we had you—you you froze like all these good Zoom video uh, meetings oh, okay. go. Could you just repeat what, what you said, I- explaining what they do with the as far as um, scientifically seeing how it works?
1: Sure, and I think I'll turn off my phone. Maybe I'm using too much Wi-Fi over here, so let me just flip this off. Okay, and uh, let me repeat that again. Okay, thanks. Uh, so I, I connected with the University of Memphis. Uh, Naomi Einhorn and her team of, uh, of professionals, and uh, they are looking at it scientifically. Why is it working? What is the dynamic interaction doing? How is that a model? Uh, we are, I am on research papers as I would say the the musician, expert. Um, and in that way, those papers are being submitted for a publication.
0: Cool. Okay, so here's what I would like to try. Because I, I, they give me two segments, about 25 minutes each. I would like you to start a lesson with me now. And then mm-hmm. we'll take a break. And then I want to talk to you about the Jewish part. And uh, some of the other things we discussed in our emails and things. To to show the, the Jewish bend. I think you told me the name was. We'll save that for the next segment. And again, you'll continue
1: teaching me. So, which... Instruments, Beautiful. do you want me to pick up? All right, uh, I brought my xylophone, too. So why, why don't you start with your uh, xylophone? I got I a xylophone. How many sticks do I hold? Just, I, I use one. Okay.
0: Oh, you have a nice xylophone.
1: Yeah, this is nice. I like yours, too, actually. Um, I like this one because it has the flats and the sharps. So that's why I got this one. They're not necessary. Um, oh, I like I this one do, because
0: is, I found it in school
1: in the music room. <laughs> That's the lowest price you could find. Right. Okay, so um, what do I do? So let me. Yeah, so speed does does that particular Glockenspiel does it say the names of the notes on it? Uh, as a matter of fact it does. C D E F G A H C D E F. Great. Let's start on let's start on C. I have two C's. I got this one and this one. Uh, okay. I do the second one. Yeah, do the second one you hit. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to go C, D, E, F, and just go in order. That's all. I'm just going I'm just going up. All the way? Perfect. No, no, okay. that was it. Just those four. We're going to work on so four. That's what okay. That's nice. Yeah, we're going to limit it to four so no one feels intimidated, and it's just four notes. Now, the next thing we do is we talk about the melodies that we can make out of four notes. Do you know that you can make... 24 different melodies from four notes. There's 24 possible combinations. Of course, I don't so know. So I will do, no. I <laughs> um, someone told me statistically, if you do one times two times three times four, that's how you find out how many combinations you have in a set of four. Okay. 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 And so what I'm going to, uh, what I mean to say is I'm going to say a little statement to you and you'll respond. So watch this. I say something like this. Naturally, you did that response. All right, let's keep going. That was was way ahead of what I expected, wonderful. So I'm gonna continue. Now you go. Excellent. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna expand that a little bit. I'm gonna do my part and your part. I'm gonna make the music talk to itself and then you'll do the same. You're gonna make one statement, take a little pause and then make a second statement. Here's an example. You nailed it, exactly right. You're making up these melodies. You're doing a call and response. These are the basics of music. And what I do is, can you imagine if we had 10 people in a room and we did this for 30 minutes and I pointed around the room to each individual to go next and everyone started responding and we spent more and more time outside of English and more and more time inside of universal language. The meditative quality comes out without even you realizing it.
0: Yeah, actually, when we talked Months ago about coming on the show, I had everybody in the studio, I was gonna have four or five people with their guitars, <laughs> their saxophones, or the banging sticks. But because of Corona, um, no one's in the studio. So it's just me learning this lesson. But originally they were so excited to all join in and say, Okay, I could do this. Let's let's find out. But so you could even technically on Zoom, someone could call you up and say, I need to talk to you and you could, you could do this with them.
1: Absolutely. And we're doing it. And I give a free universal language room masterclass once or twice a month. I have people signing up for lessons just to learn universal language. So the technology, thank God, God bless us with technology to handle this coronavirus. And we are use we are utilizing it very effectively. Cool. Okay. So now what do I do next? Yeah. So, so what you want to do is think about different rhythmic ideas. And in fact, you know, talk about singing in your head or singing it, uh, while you play, but you start developing the ideas. In fact, let's do this. Let's go four times between me and you I'll play four times and you play four times, but I mean, back and forth. Okay. So, Wait, so one, 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 really one, use... one,
0: one, one, one.
1: Yeah. Let's do okay. it four times. And one challenge I'll give you is. When you finish a line or I finish a line, you take a little bit of what you heard from the person, just like conversation, quote it a little bit, then do your own thing. That's just a little challenge. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I kind of do this 20 minutes into a program. Okay. But what cool. I mean is if I, yeah, if I say something like, you would say maybe like, take a little bit of that, those notes that I did or that rhythm that I did and continued building on it.
0: Okay. I have no idea if I can do that, but let's find out. That'll be fun. Let's, let's try. find out.
1: Let's find I, out. I appreciate you jumping right in and really your, your enthusiasm to get out of your comfort zone is incredible. So let's, let's go for it. All right. So let's do four rounds. Excellent.
0: That's our four times. Now, let, let me ask you and where we have about like a minute. Um, sure. And then we're going to follow up. I tell you, the next segment, we're going to talk all the Jewish part, spiritual part. Um, I have no idea. It's not like, you know, that game of Simon where I can keep hitting all the buttons and the colors and the lights and the sounds. <laughs> so does it become something psychological? That when I hear your style and you ask me to repeat, my brain, even though I don't know music, will somehow follow along?
1: I think that's it. I think you, have, you and everybody I've met has a natural ability for music. It starts flowing out when the setting is right, meaning I have total confidence that you're going to sound great. Then you build on that confidence, and then that magic starts happening. It's something deep, psychological, spiritual.
0: Uh, uh-huh. So even someone who would consider themselves tone deaf would be able to swing
1: this. They'd be able to swing it because they could also really hit those rhythmic ideas. And the rhythmic ideas have a lot of ingenuity and genius to them, too. So, yes, absolutely tone deaf, no problem. Very cool.
0: So, again, because it's two separate segments, what I'd like you to do is tell me how someone can contact you. Then we'll take a break and we'll come back in about five minutes. So how do we get in touch with you if somebody wants to talk to you?
1: Great. And, and thank you so much, C, for having me on the show. It's www.ulr1.com or jason at ulr1.com to email me. ULR1. Okay. My music is coming. And music, <laughs> music is coming. We got
0: music. Today is music. Thank you. That wonderful sponsor. Listen, to I couldn't do without you. Remember stay home, stay safe, enjoy the children. We're going to be back in about five minutes. But thank you to my wonderful production team. we got David and Angel in the back. I hope I've left you with lots of food for thought. Until our next segment, I'm Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And in five minutes, we'll be back. And don't forget to think about it.
1: There's a house we can